show number 49 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. We're recording? We are recording. Show 49. Oh my God. Show 49. I can't believe it. We have been away so long. <laughs> this is the reunion show. It <laughs> is. I was thinking it was the kickoff to our fall season, mm-hmm. but I like reunion show. Well, it's both of those things. Right. It's both of them at the same time. So I'm back from vacation. I'm back from being sick. Because <laughs> that was really sucking for a while there. And just so you all will be totally, totally impressed, I'm doing this whole thing one-handed. I know. Because you have a... It's not broken, but it's... Um, it's injured. It's it's an owie. Yeah. Oh, it's a good thing it's on your left hand, though. Yeah. If it was on the right hand, I think it would be worse. Probably. Yeah. But I, I um, really admire your own self-doctoring there. Well, you know, I've had enough stupid injuries because I am dangerous <laughs> to myself that I, I know how to how to wrap, how to ice, you know. I know what rice stands for. Rest. Rest, ice, ice compression, ice. elevation. Oh, wow. Well, and your mom was a nurse, so. Yeah, but I didn't get that from her. I got that from my own stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, so here we are, show 49 Act um, 1 Act 1, we have so much to do, of course um, I would just want to preempt things a little bit by saying um, Show 50, our 50th <gasps> show Is actually going to be in three pieces Because we're going to be at Creation Con next weekend And we're going to be recording while we're there mm-hmm. So it, it's it's such a, a like synchronicity We're going to be at Creation Con It's going to be our 50th episode We're going to have special guests and it's it actually, I think, could turn into something like um, Bascom was last year, where we do yeah. have the episodes, but then there are people we're going to interview, and yeah. we might post those separately. Depending and, on how long they yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's going to be a so lot of So this could go on. There yeah. is, there's going to be a lot of stuff. And while we're, we're plugging, next week is Creation Con. We're going to be there in Sacramento. Sacramento, California. Wearing our Look at His Butt t-shirts, <laughs> giving out some Look at His Butt freebies. Yeah. If you're there, be sure and talk to talk us. Talk to us, and you can be on the show. Yes, and we are going to um, try to interview people in the Shatner autograph line. Yeah. We are definitely set up. We haven't scheduled it yet, but it's going to happen. We're going to be talking to Lyra Starr, <gasps> one so of our exciting. favorite fan fickers. So exciting. And uh, we are going to try to gather as many people as we can when Walter Koenig shows up, because he always comes to these cons, mm-hmm. so we can yell, we love you, Davey. Yeah. yeah. I think we should do that. Yeah. Yeah. We should also gather as many people as we can so that when Bill comes on stage, <gasps> we can all yell. Look, Look at his, his butt! butt. Oh, yep, absolutely. We will do that. And um, we'll be there with our very own Kiwi. Yes. Which is going to be very exciting. We're very, very excited to do this. We will be drinking uh, beer slushies. And, <laughs> and wine. Lots of wine. And wine. It's going to be fantastic. So, party in our room. That's okay. right. All right. So what's on the list? Well, let's do our other plug since we just did the Creation Complex. Okay. Uh, mark it on your calendars. Bay yes. Area fans. Mm-hmm. November 9th, which is a Thursday. The um, Parkway Theater, mm-hmm. Parkway Speakeasy Theater in Oakland. Yes, it's you can drink while you're watching the movie. It's couches. It's couches. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's great. Um, is doing their annual, not quite <laughs> annual because they don't do it every single year. Shatner Fest, mm-hmm. and they are going to be showing brrr, impulse. Oh, and we are so excited. Yeah, you're going to see the car wash. And what could be more fun? Then watching this movie, comfortable couches, drinking on a screen with other people just howling their heads off. With us. With us. Absolutely. It's going to be great. So November 9th, mark your calendars. And, you know, that might be another thing that we'll manage to uh, 
to sort of uh, Turn crash backstage yeah, like yeah. we did with um, the uh, Tranny show. Well, you know, I was just thinking show. we should contact the people at the Parkway That's and tell right. them about the show and, and send them the episode that has the, the, the two episodes that have all of the, the impulse comments on it because I think they would get a kick out of that. Yep. So let me put that on my list of things. To oh, do. okay. Okay. So cool. now, now, back to our list because we got a lot to do on this show. Yeah. First of all, folks, so much Bill stuff has gone on while we were vacationing and sick and everything else, that we're just going to have to hope you were keeping up on your own because we could do 12 shows and not cover it all. Bill is everywhere. He is everywhere. At all times. So just a quick highlight. Uh, Bill did not win any Emmys. <laughs> he looked great. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't win any Emmys. And the row sucked. <laughs> pretty much. It pretty much sucked. I mean, Bill rode in on a white horse. That was cool. The people who were doing their jokes, most of them knew nothing about him, were just doing canned jokes and uh, lots lots of uh, filthy foul language that wasn't entertaining, unlike our filthy foul mm-hmm. language. So that was pretty sucky. We may at some point do a little more detailed commentary, mm-hmm. but okay, so we got that out of the way. Now, something wonderful Bill did was he conducted the Boston Pops. Because Bill can do anything. Check that off. Conducted a professional orchestra. That's right. Ding. <laughs> and he called up Leonard and said, Leonard, I just did this. Do you know how far behind you are? Leonard, within the space of two months, I have conquered professional conducting and bathroom graffiti. <laughs> and ice cream cake. Top that. Yeah. Oh, for those of you who haven't seen it, though, it did get posted on the web. Leonard's little appearance, quote unquote, at the roast mm-hmm. was very funny. And it's been posted to YouTube, so you might want to go see that. Yes. I, in fact, I think most of the roast is probably up at YouTube. Somehow. Because people have chopped it into yes. bits. Yes. Yeah. Um, so um, a, a buddy of ours from the Shatner yes. weekend, Edwin, was at the Boston Pops, mm-hmm. and his wife, Bo, took pictures, mm-hmm. and, and Bo uh, said it was okay for us to, to post that. Okay. So we're going to be putting that up, and we thank her for that. We mm-hmm. thank Edwin for uh, the report mm-hmm. on what it was, and basically it was a Pops concert with Bill doing the finale, and uh, he came out and, and talked about it. it. basically doesn't matter what he does. The orchestra mm-hmm. knows what they're doing. And there is a clip of it on YouTube. And when he starts up, you could tell they're, they're ignoring him because they don't even start on his downbeat. They just go. But it's very funny. And he's obviously having a wonderful time. He looks so intense. Yes. He total focus, total yes. concentration. It's great. And he's playing the role of the conductor. He you know, is. he's doing the, the conductor moves and, you know, leaning into the one section to bring them up and everything. And total, total hammy. It's great. It was great. Yay. Okay. On to... Emails. We have some good email. So the first thing I wanted to read um, was an email from one of our listeners, and this um, listener had written in quite a while ago, and um, longtime listeners might remember this. So um, it's from a guy named Ryan, and he had written asking us for help finding a good present for his wife for her birthday, and what sort of sex toy should he buy for her. And we um, unreservedly said, buy her a rabbit pearl. Absolutely. You can't lose. You can't go wrong. There is no woman on earth who doesn't want a rabbit pearl. <laughs> if she's even heard of it. And you know what, actually? If she hasn't heard of it, she's probably fantasized about 
something, something that, that does what a rabbit pearl exactly. does. So um, he sends this email and says, Hey guys, I just wanted to send a quick thanks for your help. You gave me selecting a vibrator for my wife's birthday. It was a big hit in capital letters, two exclamation points. She was totally surprised and has been bragging to all the girls at work. Um, he also posted a note, um, he sent this just a little while ago, but he said there's going to be a, a science fiction convention in Toronto, um, without too much convincing, his wife had agreed to come along. Um, she, he says the funny part is that she is due to give birth on the Sunday of the con. I'm hoping that it will pop out in close proximity to Shatner and then he can add a birth to his long list of accomplishments. <laughs> Delivered a baby. Check it Checked off. off. <laughs> and Ryan says, I guess we'd have to name the baby Bill. If it does happen, I'll try to get him to say, look at his butt. (laughs) (laughs) So I just thought that was really wonderful. So thanks, Ryan, for the update. We really appreciate it. Let us know what happens with the baby. You know, the idea of a a, a pregnant woman close to giving birth being armed with a rabbit pearl. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? That's a little frightening. You know, I think it's great. I'm, I'm hoping that having a rabbit pearl made her pregnancy... That much better. (laughs) I'm hoping it doesn't bring on early labor. (laughs) Well, Ryan, we are really glad we were able to help you because that means all our hard work ain't been in vain for nothing. (laughs) Oh, that was great. Okay, another email from our friend Scott Adams. Not Scott Adams, (laughs) but Scott Adams. Um, who had written this quite a while ago, and we had been talking on the show about the Mego action figures, which we both have, and there's how good they are. And he says, your show continues to amaze. You may or may not be interested to know, in a completely non-binding straw poll, the Mego Captain Kirk action figure was recently named Best Mego Likeness at the Mego Museum. And I'll put in the link, because he's given me um, a, uh, a link to an article that he had done about that. And, you know, they're right. It is an amazing likeness of mm-hmm. Shatner. It really is. All of the Mego action figures for the Star Trek ones, I thought, were excellent. They really, really look like them. And if you read this article, you'll see some of the other ones that were nominated. And they do really look like the actors. Probably the best ones I've ever seen for the Star Trek figures. Because you and I both have more recent dolls that are okay, Mm -hmm. but they just don't have it. So Scott goes on to say... We recently put out a series of free promotional trading cards that I designed and illustrated for the World's Greatest Superheroes line. And I'm currently working on Star Trek Next, and your show has inspired great things, especially when it comes to Kirklight. I'll let you know when they debut and send you some when they get printed. So I am just so excited about this. I'm jazzed. Can you imagine a trading card that has Kirklight on it? (laughs) Inspired by look at his butt. Kirklight on a trading card. That is so fantastic. So I'm, I'm just thrilled about that. Yes. I, I, can't, I can't wait to see what he comes up with. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, was there more? Yes. You wanted to do Jennifer's. Oh, yes. So now um, people will remember that uh, she wrote the wonderful conclusion to the Spock's hot date story. And it was just great. And I'm so glad we were able to read it on the show and that um, we could post it so that everybody could actually enjoy all of the weird line breaks and punctuation and misspellings and everything. So she recorded a little thank you message, which I'm going to play right now. Now, we haven't actually listened to this yet. So um, let's see what she has to say. Let me just get this queued up here. All right. 
This is Jen from the Spock Steiner Podcast. I just wanted to say hi and to thank you personally for putting my story on the air. I was just, it was so wonderful to hear my story on the air with being told in your voice. I know, it's great. It, it is a story you have to read because I did put in all these horrible spelling errors and some just kind of came into existence and I just left it there. I mean, hell, I turned off spell check and autocorrect to make sure the story blossomed in its full intensity. Of course, I want to thank you guys for making the Look at His Butt podcast. You have inspired me to make my own podcast. And hopefully one day, I will be as good as you guys. Because, let's face it, you are gods. You have to keep going to inspire other people to entertain people. Because it's life. And I love listening to you and... Keep going. That's important. As always, eat hearty and don't slobber. <laughs> what a great message. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, that was wonderful. She has her own podcast. I didn't know this. No, we didn't know this either. I'm going to have to dig up the information on it. That was swell. Very cool. Oh. Always glad to hear from... Our listeners, either in the written or the audible format. Right. You know, uh, this is turning into a little theme now, but um, it seems like all of this stuff that we've just been talking about is people being inspired by what we've said. And I am, like, just amazed by this. It really amazes me, and I, I am so thrilled. That people have done this. Well, I want to, this next topic that's coming up, I want to explain how it came into being because I found this to be truly amazing. Um, someone, probably numerous people, sent us emails saying, have you seen these mm-hmm. Star Trek inspirational posters? Mm-hmm. And their takeoffs on those stupid inspirational posters you see in offices and dentist's office, and they are so clever and so funny. Yeah. And so we went there and loved them. And Lena posted one mm-hmm. of them. The Kirk the one, of course. The Kirk one, of course. So next day, two days later, we got an email from the person who made these posters uh-huh. saying, oh, I was so thrilled to see that you had put one up on the blog. And I have done a, a little series, not of posters, but of icons for Look at His Butt. <laughs> That has memorable, look at his butt quotes. And yeah, I would think after doing a year, I would hope we did have one or two memorable quotes. So, uh, so what should we talk about first? The posters, the the, the icons? Let's talk about the posters real okay, quick, because okay. they're so funny. So the one that we had posted to the blog has this great, great Kirk picture of him laughing in that sort of gay and carefree manner on the bridge. <laughs> yeah, sort of a debonair laugh. Yes. And it says... Captain James T. Kirk, I'm sorry, I can't hear you over the sound of how awesome I am. <laughs> Truer words were never spoken. And as you, you, you scroll down, some of them are just, I'm trying to, to the, the, Kirk, the chaos one is very funny. It's a picture of Kirk and Spock and it says sexual tension. What, you don't see it? <laughs> the way they're looking at each other oh yeah 
It's great. <laughs> they're and the, the caps are beautiful. I mean, oh yeah, good. very. And then you can download these either as um, little images, or you can also get wallpaper if you want a really right. big image and have it on your screensaver. The one the, I just one. came across one I adore. It's Ingenuity, and it is a capture of Kirk firing the. Um, the homemade his cannon. explosive, his cannon, thank yes. you, at the Gorn, and it says, Ingenuity. Yes, it's perfectly reasonable that Kirk had the know-how to make the gunpowder, put together the bazooka <laughs> to defeat the Gorn. That's why he's the goddamn captain. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Duh. I love that. They, these are so funny, and there are four, four pages. pages. And I know um, somewhere on here it says some of these quotes. It's taken a while to load now. Um, we're, in, we're inspired by someone else mm-hmm. doing this, similar things. It's it's very very funny. They're great, and it's a, a really nice range. There's some for there's uh, different ones for different characters. So there's a Chekhov one. There's a Sarek one. Mm-hmm. The Apollo one is really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I like Sarek more logical than you since 1964. <laughs> Even um, minor characters. There's one for Cybok. There's one for Amanda. Mm-hmm. One for San Francisco. Uh, yep. It's great. It's really great. <laughs> if by aging gracefully you mean still kicking ass and taking names after all these years, then yes, that's for Undiscovered Country. Oh, it's so good. It's very, very, very close. So we'll put the link in. You should go definitely check those out. Yes. Now, um, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There are eight icons that are specific to look at his butt, which is so amazing. This is the best thing. So the very the first one just cracked me up. <laughs> I fall out of my chair. It's a picture of Chekhov in a particularly stupid looking moment. I mean, he really does have a goofball look on his face. And the caption is, we love you, Davy." <laughs> well, what I like is that he or she, I don't know the gender of the person who did this, Echo, um, Picked a picture where he really does look quite a bit like Davy Jones. He does, and I love the fact that the font that that it says "We love you, Davy" is in this very round '60s looking yes. sort yep. of like um, Tiger Beat magazine. <laughs> it just looks great. So the next one is um, it's a Spock Chapel moment, and it says, "I wish I loved someone that pointlessly." And that was a quote from you, oh. one of my favorites. Oh, and then the next one is the card, um, the. Uh, TM shirtless Kirk card and it says wild sweaty shirtless Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is um, a, a cap of um, Charlie X and it happens to be well it is and the caption is says get out of the Kirk light because he is he's right in the Kirk light and there's another one of Rand who was also in the Kirk light get out of the Kirk light. I think you could do a huge series of get out of the Kirk light definitely, icons. Definitely, definitely. Um, then there's the the famous picture of um, Alexander the Great where you can see butt cheek, and of course it says look, look at, at his butt. butt. What else would it say? Um, and then there's another one that shows <laughs> the picture of the lizard, and it says get the lizard wrangler. <laughs> And then there's a last picture, which I just was so, like, random but really funny. And it's a picture of those cat peeps. And it says the cat peeps look like Hitler because they do. (laughs) And they do. And, you know, thinking about it, I want someone with talent in this area, because I have none, to to do a thing where they they manipulate the episode, the John Gill episode. Uh Uh-huh. And um, put a peep in there. Yeah, instead of John Gill, I want a Hitler-looking peep, a cat peep, doing the speech. That would be great. Yeah, that would be that really would be great. 
So these are just awesome. So um, go grab them, use them, give Echo the credit. Um, but they are just wonderful. And um, on this same page with the look at his butt ones are a lot of non-look at his yes. butt icons. And one of them I actually took to use as my um, avatar on the, the Shatner BBS, which is a beautiful one of Kirk. And it says kind of gives you a warm fuzzy, doesn't it? <laughs> They're really good. They're in really, really nice screen caps. Mm-hmm. Some of them are animated, um, but they're all really good. <laughs> Look, there's another one of Kirk looking really pleased, and it says, OMFG, I am so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is. He is. He is, but I love that. Oh, it's great. So those are awesome. So wonderful. I love the internet. I do, too. <sighs> <sighs> okay. All the love. All the love. Okay. What else? That's it. That's it. Oh, that's one. the first thing? Okay. Uh, let's take a break. Play a little music and stuff. We have a huge, huge thrilling surprise for part two. And we're not even going to tell you what we're it is. We're not going to tell you what it is. Yep. But, uh, stay tuned. It's going to be great. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five year mission. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. The only thing we like better than William Shatner's butt is hearing from our listeners. Comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. This entire podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. This is TSFPN.com, the sci-fi podcast network. You've found the best podcasts in the universe. And the lights come up on two very disappointed butt <sighs> girls. Tonight, technology was not our friend. It was fucking technology. <sighs> and you know what's so embarrassing about this? Yes. Is we built it up. It was going to be this great thing. I know, this I know. But we built it up after playing that wonderful... Sound clip from Jennifer saying what great podcasts we are. And now we have to to tell you that, you know what? If I were you, I'd stop listening. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of the show is just a piece of shit. In fact, I'm not going to listen. I'm doing the rest of it with my fingers in my ears because this is just too horrible. We We will have a big surprise for you sometime probably before Christmas, but technology just royally screwed us over. It screwed us. And it wasn't our fault either. It wasn't like we screwed it up. It just didn't work. So. Anyway, so what we decided to do <laughs> was rub salt in oh. our wound. <laughs> we ended up watching, I say watching, and I put that in quotes, the Shatner roast, um, which basically meant fast forwarding through it for what? It took like 20 minutes to get through an hour and a half, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Because first of all, we fast forwarded through anybody we didn't know who the hell they were. Mm-hmm. And if the two Shatner butt girls don't know who the hell you are, you should not be at the Shatner roast. I, I completely agree. You know, Jason Alexander started it off by making a crack about how all the people on stage represented a veritable who's that of comedy. And he was exactly right about that. So, so true. Yeah. So true. And, well, to just jump ahead, I really think Bill summed it up when he said none of you were funny. And I gave you so much to work with. Yeah, it's true. And this is the thing. When they were doing jokes about Bill, when they weren't doing jokes about George Takei being gay Mm -hmm. or Nichelle Nichols being black, like none of us ever knew that, Mm -hmm. um, 
the jokes they did about Bill were, for the most part, these very generic jokes that they you could were. do about any guy of that age, any guy who's worn mm-hmm. a toupee, any guy who's had a weight problem, anything. There were so few that actually were about Bill. It was... I know. I was thinking about that as we were watching it, and I remember watching some of those roasts that were on TV, too, you know, mm-hmm. Dean Martin, and it seemed like, well, for one thing... Um, since it was mostly comedians, they had written their own material instead of having everything pre-written by whoever did this show. Right. And, um, yeah, and the jokes were much more specific to things that the person had done or said mm-hmm. or the way they acted or some personality quirk that they had. It was much more personal about them. Yeah, yeah. Very, very disappointing. But, you know, in a way, I was kind of thinking about it. This is the first time I've actually seen it. Although I'd seen a few clips and I had seen a lot of the um, discussion afterwards uh-huh. online and everything. So I was kind of prepared. But I was thinking, you know, in a way, I believe I sort of set myself up for disappointment. Because we were, who have been to cons and mm-hmm. seen him on stage with Leonard and everything, were really, I think, kind of prepared for it to be like a big Star Trek convention. Yeah. Where they tell stories on each other. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and poke fun and have a good time. And I think that's kind of what we were setting ourselves up for or hoping it mm-hmm. would be. And, of course, it wasn't. No. So we're just hoping that Bill got a lot of money to give to charity for this. <laughs> yeah, we, we spent some time speculating on why he would have done such a thing in the first place because um, it's not like he needs the publicity. No. And he certainly doesn't need the money, whatever they gave him for this. So we're assuming that he did it for some charitable reason. Uh, he had some ulterior motive for doing it. But, uh, yeah, it just wasn't that funny. And, you know, I we had talked about um, whether we wanted to get the pay-per-view version, which would have all the jokes, and I don't think either of us really want to do that. But um, the other thing that was really bugging me throughout was that often when they would cut to reaction shots of the audience, they weren't reacting to the joke that was being told right then. It was clearly something else Edited, that yeah. somebody Edited. was saying. And, and you're like, well, could we hear the funny joke? Because <laughs> the one you just told, that wasn't that funny. That was lame. I really enjoyed your comment about um, what would they have done for jokes if George Takei hadn't yeah. recently come out. Because it was like every other joke was just about George Takei. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of stupid. Um, I, I thought they made a big mistake at the very beginning of the show when they were playing a short medley of songs about William Shatner. And they played some of the other ones that we had heard. But they omitted to play the Scofflaw song. Which is the greatest one of all. Especially the live version. Because he's the greatest fucking skinhead in the whole galaxy. <laughs> true. Um, one of the things I did like in that little clip segment mm-hmm. there where they were playing all the music, though, is they did show that cut from Fight Club. Yes. What celebrity would you fight? Yes. I'd fight William Shatner. Yeah. I was really glad to see that again. That, that was very that cool. That was good. Um, I'm look- I took, like, four notes. Uh, oh, they did show a clip that we hadn't seen before, which was him actually singing a song on the Mike Douglas show. With Mike. With Mike. And it seemed to be called Keep It Gay, which was a little strange, but he was actually singing. He was singing. And the the amazing thing is, you're always hearing, you know, Bill can't sing. And he was on pitch. Mm-hmm. I've heard much, much, much worse singers mm-hmm. who who get paid to sing. And I had also heard, heard too, and maybe he's the one who said it. Oh, 
What was that? I don't know. <laughs> Someone's sending us an instant message. Stop talking about that fucking roast. Um, that he couldn't, you know, count, keep the beat, but he was right he with was it. He was fine. He was totally fine. Yeah. So that was interesting. So we're going to have to locate that, that clip. So um, it's probably on YouTube, but if anybody wants to send us the link to it, that would be great and save me the trouble of looking for it. Um, so that was kind of cool. And, um, oh, I had one other small comment, which was just, um, they made a big fuss about how he was sitting in the captain's chair. Um, and I was just wondering, um, if that really is the captain's chair off the set, which I'm not really sure that it is. Well, they were saying they borrowed it from the museum that has it. I wonder if it really was the captain's chair. I mean, I don't know that they saved much of the props from the original show. Well, you know what I looked at? Yeah. I looked at to see if they had the little gumdrop buttons, colored buttons, and they didn't <laughs> on that chair. Might well, be a later iteration. Yeah. But anyway, I was just wondering, um, how many people have had sex in that chair? Other than Bill? Other than Bill. Well, we know Bill has had sex in that chair. Because Bill's had sex in every chair he's ever walked by. Dozens, dozens of times. Dozens. And why weren't they doing jokes about this? There were hardly any sex jokes. Bill was the only one, and Betty White, yeah. who did a joke about how many women he spanged. As he said, they, he gives them so much to work the material with. and they just, I mean, okay. Morons. Great. There could have been some jokes about that in some of the things that we skipped over, but you know what? It really wasn't worth watching that to find out if they did jokes about it. Right. So, right. I don't feel like I missed anything. No. <sighs> so, um, yeah, I think a lot of people have had sex in that chair. Um, <laughs> we know that, uh, Kim Cattrall. Yes. Was photographed naked um, in the captain's chair from Star Trek VI. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I just, you know, you think about when they're filming the show, the Paramount set at night, you know, after everybody goes home, and who else was sneaking back? Or are you just spinning a fanfic fantasy here because we all want to write that perfect story about sex on the bridge? Well, you wrote and a great story about I was sex just on the say, bridge. The rest of you can give up because I did it. Um, <laughs> I love that story. That's a great story. <laughs> um, we need to talk about Andy Dick. <laughs> Must we? <laughs> well, my opinion about Andy Dick, especially with his behavior at this show, is I would have paid somebody a lot of money to punch him out on camera. Right. That would have been very, very satisfying. Now, the thing about it that I want to talk about, other than him being annoying and hateful and <laughs> totally melting down, is I will give him credit that at least the thing he tried to do mm-hmm. was... Bill related. I mean, it was Star Trek, and it was very Star Trek focused. So I give him a lot of credit for that. He was doing a thing where he was supposedly the illegitimate son of Kirk and Spock, mm-hmm. and he read something supposedly out of the captain's log. And I'm, my mouth is falling open. I've written KS. I've written bad KS, sometimes unintentionally, but it was bad. I've written some good KS, mm-hmm. probably also unintentionally. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you right now, I know at least 20 other people who could write funnier, bad KS. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, it just, it wasn't good. No. And they could have, they could have gone online and just gotten something online Fanfic. that was better than that. They could have called me and said, can we read one of your Tribble stories? Yep. They could easily have found something better. Easily. It was really bad. They could have read your story that I still want you to read out loud on this show sometime, <laughs> The Truth About Kirk and Spock, because I adore it. They could have They could have read so many things. They could have read The Yoga Fic, and it would have been better than that. <laughs> yeah, those of you who don't know, there's a wonderful new story posted called Spock Does Yoga. 
um, written by a group of friends of ours. We did not participate in this one. No, but we laughed really hard about it. Yeah, we did. It was, you know, brought to you by the same people, or some of the same people who did uh, The Russian Always Screams, Screams Twice, twice yes. and um, Star Trek Patriots Against Communism. Yeah, and it has many of the same um, tropes, shall we say, <laughs> like the peach bubble bath and the well. pale... Blue French cut panties. Those are are required elements. Yeah, it's very funny. And it has uneven line breaks, which is great. (laughs) Yeah, it's got the long shirt, long shirt, which is very good. I'll definitely post a link to that. What's it actually called? Spock Does Yoga. Spock Does Yoga, okay. I couldn't remember. Well, it didn't have a title for a while. And it's like written by Mahatma Gandhi or something. (laughs) And it has its own Gmail address, which is really great. Send that feedback. (laughs) So, yes, they could have... Reading the yoga fic, actually reading, spending an hour and a half reading really good fanfic, including things like The Russian Always Screams Twice and some of the, and Captain Uhura and her all-girl band, would have been better than this. Much funnier. Yes. Much, much funnier. Yes. Yeah. And then they could have showed those G4 commercials with the dolls. Oh, I love those. See, you and I could put together a whole um, week-long Trek programming just made up of things that we find on the internet, basically. Mm-hmm. And it would be so much more entertaining but than most television. We do that. It's called our podcast. <laughs> but I want it to be on television. Okay. Our podcast on television. Yeah. Our telecast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk about something. I recently read an interview with Bill where they asked him a question I actually would like to ask him. Uh-huh. Which was, the interviewer said... You're everywhere. You have the TV. You have the roast, your charity work, your commercials, you know, your your books and the conventions, and you're doing everything. Do you ever turn anything down? <laughs> Which I think is a great question. We always wonder that. And Bill's response was, I turned down a game show just the other day. <laughs> and I want to, Bill, I know you're listening. I want to say to you, you should have turned down the roast and done the game show. I agree. No matter what game show it was. Yeah. Could have been Joker's Wild and it would have been better than this. <laughs> it could have been one of those game shows that I don't even really know what's going on, like Deal or No Deal. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, Bill on Family Feud. I anything, anything. 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 Let's make a deal. <laughs> I'm not sure that's still on. I know it's not still on. <laughs> but it would have been better than this. That's true. They could have shown... Those two episodes of the $20,000 Pyramid, and it would have been better than this. This is it. If you're doing a William Shatner roast, you know, they showed Rocket Man. Uh They showed Mr. Tambourine Man. Why do you not show the $20,000 Pyramid? I don't know. So, okay, I I want to throw this out to the listeners now. Send us some suggestions of what they could have shown for an hour and a half that would have been better than this. And it has to be Bill-related. It can't just be Star Trek episodes. Right. It has to be other stuff. So you tell us, what would you rather have seen for an hour and a half than this? And, again, I'm going to repeat the important point you made. It has to be bill-related. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to get 10,000 emails <laughs> that say anything. No. It can't be anything. You have to be specific. We already gave a bunch of really good suggestions, yeah. I think. You know, reading fanfic aloud, showing G4 commercials. Showing that videotape we have from... The Sacramento Con 20 years ago of yeah. him and Leonard. Yeah. It's delightful. That would have been so much better than this. Yeah. 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 Um, the little clip with Leonard at the beginning was cute. That was cute. Yeah. That was very funny. I like that he calls him Billy. <laughs> yeah. And I like that Bill gets mad and calls him a pointy-eared pussy. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. 
was good. Did you notice that? So, so obsessive with detail. Um, that that where Leonard is sitting in his garden is where they did the mind meld interview. Yes, I, I was like, that. hey, it's the same place. That's really his backyard. <laughs> I bet those were really his sunglasses. They probably were, and that was probably really his phone too. You think so? Probably really his chair, maybe not his phone. I don't think his phone, because that looked like an office phone, you know. It That's, had the multi-buttons. Yeah. And... I was trying to look at the pictures on the wall in, in wherever Bill was, and I, there was somebody with a dolphin, but I couldn't quite see who it was. Well, I didn't think it was him. It was Bill with a dolphin. No, it wasn't him, though. It looked like a girl, maybe one of his daughters. Oh, okay. But there were a lot of pictures on the wall. Yeah. And you brought up? That from what we could see and from what I, I, I heard from people who were at the roast, it appears that none of his family were present. No. And I think that's very wise. <laughs> I can't imagine but that why kind of, that kind of tells us, too, that um, this was not what we had all hoped it would be, which is a roast of Bill by his friends and associates, mm-hmm. in which case having the family there would be very natural. This was a professional gig. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It was, that. It was his job that night. Yeah. And, and just, you know, interesting showing the people in the audience who didn't get to speak. So we saw... Uh, Jerry Ryan. Jerry Ryan. Rene Abergenois. And Brent Spiner. Right, Brent Spiner. Who was knew? Um, Adrian Zemed. Adrian Zemed, who has apparently um, a 19-year-old wife with huge fake tits, which were completely on display. I mean, they were sitting right in the front, and the camera angle... Standard accessorizing just in Hollywood. Amazing. Um, and then seemingly random people like Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Why was she there? I don't know. Maybe she wrote part of the show or something. I don't know. I don't know. But that was weird. And then... I think Carrie Fisher's a better writer than that, though. I, I, I agree. Um, from Boston Legal, there was um, uh, Brad. Yeah, Brad, right. <laughs> Mark Valley. Thank, thank you. you. Okay, I had to think of it. Um, I didn't even see anybody else in the audience, No, though. Betty White was on the yeah, dais. But nobody else came. Mm-hmm. Well, Renee, so... Yeah. He, he counts as one of each, right? He's he's the Trek connection and the Boston yeah. Legal connection. Wow, he's the double whammy. Yeah. But, um, and then some other sort of, you know, semi-famous people in the audience that I sort of recognize, like people from TV shows, but um, none of the other Trek people that you might expect to come. Mm-hmm. So just building on what you were saying about it wasn't friends. It wasn't people who know him, really. And, and you know, mainly I think... It was an opportunity for these semi-known comics to have a job. Yeah. I think. I think so. And demonstrate why they don't have more jobs. (laughs) As Bill said several times. (laughs) Who the fuck are Are you people? (laughs) You'll never achieve anything like what I have. That's true. And it's so true. It's absolutely true. Yep. So should we move on to an upload? Let's talk about, let's let's finish this up with something really positive. Okay. This is such a, a wonderful positive. And this is the reason that you should listen to our podcast. <laughs> now you can start listening again because we got through that. This is an email that came to us from Julia, who all of you may remember. She um, is a fan of ours in Germany, and she had originally sent us a really interesting topic to mm-hmm. discuss. But here's another email that we got, and it says, Hi, LT and JK. Recently, I watched the episode of The Six Million Dollar Man in which Bill had a guest appearance. I don't know if you know that episode. I don't. I don't know it. But we're going to. It's on the list. (laughs) But there is a scene that is absolutely unbelievable. I immediately thought about you when I saw it. (laughs) To show you what I mean. Yay, Julia. I have made my first animated GIF. I hope it works. Well, Julia, professional animated GIFers (laughs) could not have done a better 
job. Uh, we will definitely be posting this. And uh, she says, doesn't that baby blue color fit him well? And the answer is yes. Oh, my goodness. It is such such an amazing little clip. Mm-hmm. It's mesmerizing. And you watch it, and, you know, your, your, your whole mind just goes totally blank, except for those four magic words. <laughs> Look at his butt. Um, it's an animated gif of Bill climbing up a hill from the back. Running. Running. In tight pants. In tight baby blue polyester pants that are seemingly part of a leisure suit. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. That would be the right Oh, hat. my God. His butt is amazing. Yeah. It is so amazing. And it's so there. It's it, it's sort of the... It's running, the star of the shot. <laughs> it's sort of the running up the hill equivalent of that thing in Impulse where he bends over to put something in the trunk. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what it is? You know how in porn they have what they call the money shot? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is the Bill Shatner money shot. It absolutely is because you know people were waiting the whole episode to see it. Okay. Again, getting back. I'm going negative on you again. Getting back. What what should the roast have been? What? A six-minute clip of fantastic butt shots. Ah, It would have been so easy to do. A 20-minute clip of EVEs. And you wouldn't even have to do commentary. Just start showing this and let the laughter build as people realize what they're looking at. It would have been so easy to do that. Yeah. It would have taken five minutes. with Alexander the Great. With the wrestling sequence. Yeah. Morons. But, Juliet, thank you. You have saved this whole segment. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Yeah, I I love that gif. It's really great. Should should we look at it? (laughs) Yeah, let's look at it. Here, I'll scroll down. Here we go. Can you see it? I can see it. Okay. He's running up a hill by a, a power transformer, right. a tower. Oh, such a butt. Da, 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 da. Come on, come on. Come on, Mel. There it is. Oh. <laughs> and, and the thing about this, sh- this show <laughs> is that it's um, the sunlight is sort of coming at an angle. And you can see cleavage. <laughs> you can see cheeks. You it can is, see it everything. It is so around. It's like he did butt pump exercises before doing this shot. Butt push-ups. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Look at that. Look at that. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Look at his butt. <laughs> they could have shown this gif for an hour and a half, <laughs> and it would have been better. Than what they showed on TV. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to stop it now or it'll just never, never make me on this it's point. It's completely mesmerizing. It is. It is. Oh, oh that's awesome. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Well, um, we could take a break or we could just talk about that last thing. No, let's take a break. Okay. Let's have a three-act show. All right, we'll take a little let's break. Let's have and something go as we planned. We have one more short thing to talk about, but it's a very interesting topic. So, and so it, it won't be short. It, no, but it's kind of, it's it's like it's a more, um, it's when we get into our more philosophical, pretentiously intellectual side. I yeah, think. so maybe we should have some of that mellow late night music. To, um, <laughs> I was going to suggest popcorn, but. Okay, that'll work. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
And now for the late-night philosophical <laughs> portion of the show. Turn your pillow over to the cool side mm-hmm. and listen to the thoughtful stylings of the butt girls. The butt girls. Um, so why don't you tell the story that started this whole train of thought? Okay. Um, a couple weeks ago I saw the movie The Night Listener, mm-hmm. which is um, a movie that I believe is still currently in release, has Robin Williams in it. And it's a good movie, and it's not one of his, his silly, goofus, over-the-top movies that I don't like. It's not a great movie, but it's a good movie. I don't want to give out any spoilers, so I'm just going to tell you this scene without too much setup. It's towards the end of the movie, and um, he is in a restaurant with his ex-lover, with whom he is still on good terms. They're friends now. And he is thinking back on, on all that has happened throughout the course of this movie and says to his lover... How can I miss someone who never existed? And the lover's response is something, I'm paraphrasing here, something like, well, it's like those people who go to Star Trek conventions. They, they go to these things and they dress up as the characters and everything because they miss those characters. And what struck me as I was watching this was, oh my God, 40 years later, and the... You're like those people who go to Star Trek conventions is not being used as an insult or a put down. Mm -hmm. It's saying it's perfectly normal. It's just like these people who go to fan conventions. And, of course, they do make a little joke out of it because Robin Williams says, well, am I that pathetic? But the point is made. Mm -hmm. And it got me thinking, and you said the same thing Mm -hmm. when I told the story to you, and that's why... Many people write fan fiction, mm-hmm. and that is certainly the reason I initially started writing yeah, it. Yeah, it's because you miss them, and you want to be around them, and you want them to be your friends again. And you want them to live, mm-hmm. and you want more of them. And I think um, that is, in a way, the measure of a character, how long they will last. I mean, you can almost, like... Before there was a lot of fan fiction, you could almost pick out the shows where the characters were um, iconic enough and strong enough and and had enough charisma that people would remember them and miss them and want to do it. I mean, now it seems, you know, every show has its little cult, but how long will that last, right? Right. Like, what's really going to last and be the shows where the the characters are are friends that people miss and want to visit them again? Well, and that's the thing, is there are fans who go from from show to show, from Mm -hmm. fandom to fandom, and, you know, that's the way they participate in fandom. And you notice that when a certain show gets canceled, of course, any show, Star Trek, whatever, the fanfic drops off. Mm -hmm. But with many of them, I believe it almost goes away completely, yeah. if not entirely. Yeah. And there's still Star Trek fan fiction being read. And the thing is growing. It's not so much fan fiction now, but it's fan films. Mm-hmm. And now you can get a degree in Star Trek and its effect on the culture. And there are studies done, not so much of the fans anymore there used to be, but now it's you know the effect this has had on the culture. Mm-hmm. And I remember years and years and years ago, somebody saying to me that they had read something that, this was probably 25 years ago, that the most recognizable source of a quote in in contemporary America Mm -hmm. at that time was The Wizard of Oz, because it was on every single year. Mm -hmm. And you could say any line from it, and everybody knew what you're talking about. I would bet money 
that it's Star Trek mm-hmm. now. I think that's true. Even people who will swear they never watched it, they don't like it, like my husband, <laughs> can quote it. Of course, yeah, because it's just part of the fabric now. Mm-hmm. It's it's truly amazing how how I mean for a show that was on for three seasons with only seventy nine episodes, how those characters could become so important and so familiar to people that they would miss them and want them to live again. I mean, how many other shows with that few actual episodes could you say that about? Well, and the other thing is, you were saying you know now nowadays just about every show has its own cult, and I'm enough of a of a Trek snob to think, you know, every show has its own cult. But I've often felt that way, that, that Trek led the way in showing, well, this is what you do if you, you really love the show or whatever. Mm-hmm. So every show that comes on, and now, hell, they have websites for fans set up by fans before a show has ever even oh, yeah. been on. Uh-huh. And it's, it, they they set the pattern, but they are still the master of it, and certainly not because of anything Paramount is doing, (laughs) but because of what it originally was, continues to live and Mm -hmm. continues to be either a part of people's lives or they they want it to continue to be a Mm -hmm. part of their lives. Yeah. I know I do. I I have gotten such pleasure out of re-watching the episodes. And I do. Every time I watch the episodes that I like, they're great all over again, and I find new things about them that I, I love, and I, I I think it's so hard to say that about shows that you used to like. I mean, we've had that experience so many times <laughs> of, of watching something that we used to think was great, and you see it now, and you're like, ooh, that sucks. Yeah. What did I ever like that for? Or you can watch it and go, okay, I can understand why I liked that when I was 12. Yeah. <laughs> But, but Trek is one of those things where you watch, it, for me anyway, when I watch a really good episode of it, I'm struck again by how good it is. And uh, that, that article that we were talking about before. My love affair with Star Trek. Yeah, you know, the author was pointing out that one of the reasons Star Trek is so successful and, and is that show that sticks in your memory, that sticks in everybody's collective memory, is because it's equal parts um, seriousness and and integrity and camp on the other side, mm-hmm. that it doesn't take itself that seriously. And that, as the author was pointing out, that one of the most popular episodes, which is The Trouble with Tribbles, is basically a comedic take on the whole thing. It's a parody of itself in yep. one episode. Yep. And it's it's so unusual for a, a series to be able to do that. And, and I, I'm just trying to, you know, so many series are available on, on DVD now. Like everything basically that was ever on television is on DVD. And I remember... Um, the the guy who writes the um, column for the for about television in the Chronicle, Tim Goodman, he wrote an article about DVD box sets a couple years ago and said, everybody buys them. Does anybody ever watch them? <laughs> you know, like you see them in the store, yep. you go, I used to like that show. I need to have this, and then you buy it and you take it home and you put it on the shelf. And do you ever actually watch? Those DVD sets that you bought of all those shows that you thought you loved, that you still thought you loved. That's why Netflix is a good idea. Yeah. And <laughs> and I would bet, I would lay money that people who buy Star Trek episodes actually do take them down and watch them and enjoy them mm-hmm. and go, wow, this is actually pretty good. It's not just uh, a memento. Yeah. It's something that, that you engage in. You know what I, I think is one of the things that made Trek unique in television is... In its its serious episodes, uh, always had their lighter moments as well. But 
in the serious episodes, they, they were thought-provoking. They were about something, mm-hmm. you know, an idea. But it was told through the characters and told in human terms. Mm-hmm. And in that way, a lot of it was like the best of Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. which Definitely. a lot of Twilight Zone was dealing with these really core fears, but it was it was told by characters that you could relate to. They were, you know, real people. And you couple that type of writing with actors who truly inhabited the mm-hmm. characters, weren't just saying their lines. You know, you, you weren't sitting there going, okay, now what is whatever the actor is going to do. You were totally believing that's mm-hmm. who they were. Mm-hmm. And that's another part of, of why it lives. The other thing is, although you can look at the basic arc of the episodes and say that was typical of 60s drama, in many ways it wasn't as formulaic as a lot of what's on now, and I'm especially thinking of sitcoms, which for me there are no characters on sitcoms for the most part because what it is is it's a pattern of jokes, Mm -hmm. and they are there to serve the jokes. The jokes are never coming out of the characters. With Star Trek, you don't see the formula like that. Mm -hmm. The characters are at the forefront, and there are episodes that break the formula, like we were talking about Private Little War, that at the end of that, there really isn't this happy reset resolution, Mm -hmm. and there are several episodes like that. Mm -hmm. And you can see the characters, again, being unhappy with that's the best they can do, and that's a very human thing. I agree, and I was going to say... Well, I think the worst of the Star Trek episodes are the ones that are formulas mm-hmm. where th- they didn't have the time or the writing was shitty and they couldn't get a rewrite and they just went with the formula that they knew and it ended yep. up being, you know, everything that you mm-hmm. expected. I mean, you know, Spock's brain is probably a perfect example where at the very beginning of the show, something happens to one of the main characters and his, you know, superpower gets taken away from him. And then the whole rest of the show is how do we get it back? And they press the reset button at Mm -hmm. the end and everything's good again. But you look at episodes that I think are among the best of track and doomsday machine Mm -hmm. is, is an incredible episode. And, and really in so many ways, I mean, that special effect of the doomsday machine, every time it came on when I was in college, my roommate and I would roar with laughter and it's still a fantastic episode. Uh Carried by the performances of the actors. Yeah, totally. The other thing is, you know what is one of their absolute best episodes? And I just forgot the name of it. (laughs) I was going to give a different name. Where No Man Has Gone Before. And that's the pilot. How many shows can you say that about? Yep, absolutely. Where the pilot, as far as the issues, the performances, the writing, Mm -hmm. stands up. With the best of it that was, you know, done like a, a year later when they were really hitting mm-hmm. their stride. Yep. I know. I, 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 you're so right. And I'm thinking about the episodes that really um, were important and had everything going for them and, and didn't end with a happy resolution. I think Balance of Terror is another mm-hmm. one, which just, you know, it was um, a vehicle for them to introduce some new bad guys. But it was so much more than that. Mm-hmm. You know, it touched on so many different issues and um, despite the really lame acting of the one red shirt guy, whatever his name is, <laughs> the prejudice guy, you know, I can't prejudice remember. guy, the one who went to the academy with MacGyver's, the two of them. <laughs> I know who you're talking about, Style. Style. Thank you. I couldn't remember his name, but you know, despite him, um, there are so many other incredibly good things about that episode. It's so good. And it's not formulaic. I mean, it has yeah. these high points and these low points, and it does end with with a, like a crappy resolution, you know? Yeah. It's like, 
the one chance to make contact with this worthy adversary is gone. Like that chance can never happen again because mm-hmm. that situation will just never happen that yep. way again. And that's that's pretty tough. And also you think of, um, what's the one with the Organians called? Uh, okay. <laughs> we all know what we're talking about. Though. Uh-huh. To have your lead character, Captain Kirk, have to confront mm-hmm. in himself the fact that he really wanted to go to battle. Yeah. And wanted to kill and wanted to have people get hurt over this issue, this principle. Mm-hmm. And have and have to be slapped down by the Organians and have Kirk have to acknowledge that ugly side of himself yeah. in that way, not in the split in two way, which mm-hmm. they did several times to great effect. <laughs> Thank you for double Shatner's. Um, th- again, not a formula. I know. I, I that scene. I, I was thinking about that very scene where they're arguing with the Organians and they're going the the um, the Klingon and uh, Kor and Kirk are both arguing and 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 Shatner gets himself. <clears throat> as Kirk really built up a good head of steam yep. to do one of his, you know, risk is our business things, and he's saying, we have the right. I remember that. And he, he does it. He slams his fist down mm-hmm. on, on the table or into his hand or something, and the Organian leader says, what, to destroy yourselves? To destroy everything else? And he kind of goes, ah, and his mouth is hanging open, yep. and he has no response. What a great thing to do mm-hmm. to the main character, to the yes. hero of the show. Yes. Really good. I wish and what a great thing as an episode. actor to be able to play, yeah. you know. You've signed on for a TV show, mm-hmm. and I think many people regard that as the death knell of acting mm-hmm. challenges, although it's financially very lucrative. And they did provide those. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, there was something else I was going to mention um, in terms of truck and society, but it's completely escaped me now. I think the Verners just drove it right <laughs> out of my mind. Well, you know, the other thing I was going to say is we were saying people miss those characters, and that's part of why they write fanfic. I think another reason people write fanfic and go to the conventions, and and William Shatner touched on this in his Get a Life book. One of the things he was surprised to learn, he said, was that people going to these things, well, yeah, they were glad to see the actors and get the autographs and everything, Mm -hmm. but they were really there to see each other, to Mm -hmm. be in that community. Definitely. And it's, um, it's very interesting that that, Community, although I think many people still self-identify as outcasts, is very mainstream now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has become the mainstream. And certainly here in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, you know, where we're, we still have people who, who dress like Kirk and Spock to go to work. You know, it's, it's not, they don't need a convention <laughs> to do that. Or to quote it, it's, um, it's nothing at all to be embarrassed about or, or to tell somebody, I'm taking a long weekend because I'm going to Star Trek convention. Mm-hmm. You are. Remember we were going to Shatner weekend? Everybody. everybody we knew was over the moon. They were like, tell Bill I said hi. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was great. How cool. How did you get to do that? Yeah. I love that. I think that's really good. Um, this is on a, a slightly different topic, but I, I think it's it relates. You know, I was talking with um, David Arroyo about superhero comic books and what we do and don't do not like to see in them and i was saying one of the things i really like about superhero comics is that i like to read about the heroes because they're better than human beings in in some ways they have superpowers but because they have powers it's like the 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 line from spider-man with great power comes great responsibility and because they have superpowers they're sort of morally bound to be better people and the comic stories are interesting when they we see them trying to be better people. And sometimes they fail, but 
they're not just everyday walking around people. And I, I very much view Kirk especially in that way. That's why he's such an interesting character and, and why I find him so appealing is because he is the better person that we all would like to be. You know, he has all the qualities that um, most people view as, as really admirable. Like, you know, he's, he's confident, he's strong, he's very decisive, he knows what he wants, he's really smart. You know, he has high standards, he's he has, courageous. He is. I mean, charm and hotness aside, right. just as a person, he's the kind of person that, that you would want to see. And what I think the, the great thing about Star Trek is taking that, this character who is, is you know, the better thing that we are, we are aspiring to be and putting him in these difficult situations and seeing how he responds. And seeing him struggle to yes. do the right thing. Exactly, exactly. So seeing him in that situation with the Organians where he's wrong and he has to admit he's wrong, which is really hard for mm-hmm. him to do, but he does it. He does the right thing and he doesn't, you know, get pissed off or, you know, do any of the hundred things he could have done. He has to swallow his pride and say all right, I don't like this, but I'm going to deal with it because right. it's the right thing to do. And and I think that's... And Enemy Within, the same thing. He doesn't yeah. want to to acknowledge that there's that ugly side to mm-hmm. himself and that he needs that side, yeah. but he does it. And so uh, for me, it's it's both entertaining, but it's also educational at the same time. Like you see somebody and you see um, how somebody who you, you would aspire to be deals with a difficult situation. And, you know, you kind of can apply that to your own life in some right. ways. Yeah, that's the whole thing. If it was always easy for him to do the right thing, the character would be flat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and and this gets back to something we had talked about in an earlier show, about how there just aren't that many characters in um, drama that are those people that you aspire to be. Mm-hmm. You know, they're either normal walking around people or they're they have some huge flaw that makes them less than you are, you know, because they're drug addicts or they're criminals or, you know, there's something morally about them that, that, um, makes them the Mm anti-hero. And very few of them are that, that better person that you look at them and go, wow, I wish I could be like that. And it's interesting too, as you watch the, the TOS episodes and you learn more and more of Kirk's background, the things that, have happened to him in, that we know of, you know, mm-hmm. in his early life and his his early space assignments and stuff. And to think, okay, those were contributing factors. And to look at Spock the same way, mm-hmm. that, you know, the things in his past, the supposedly very painful childhood and everything, has contributed to him being this admirable person. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what's intriguing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a whole character that's been built up over life experiences. Mm-hmm. It's so good, and I, I was also thinking, you know, um, this this stupid thing comes up a lot in discussions of comic books and how, you know, oh, girls don't read comic books because it's all about this adolescent male power fantasy, which I think is a lot of crap. You know, it, there's no reason why it's adolescent, and there's no reason why it's male. I mean, why? Mm-hmm. It, you know, women have every desire that that men do to do the right thing and save the world and help people and all that. And one of the things about Kirk that for me personally is appealing is again, putting charm and hotness aside (laughs) and saying, yeah, he's the guy I would want to fuck. Of course I would. (laughs) But besides that, he's the kind of person I would like to be. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing about him that would stop anybody, either a male or a female saying that's the kind of person I would like to be. 
anybody can look at him and, and see the qualities in him that, that anybody would want to emulate. I mean, why would you not want to be like Kirk? Mm-hmm. Anybody should want to be like Kirk. That's right. That's why we all wear our What Would Kirk Do shirt. Exactly. So I, I just, I think it's so rare to have a character. And even looking through all the other trucks, I mean, are there any other characters where you would say, oh, I really want to be like that person, you know? I'd like, not Picard. Because he, he was, you know, too too stuffy and stuck up sometimes and, you know, didn't have enough of a sense of humor. And, and those characters were simply not as as uh, as fleshed out ever. Yeah, and yeah. they had a seven-year run. Yeah. You know, I, I, who would you want? Like, if you had to pick one character from Next Generation who you really wanted to be, it would probably be Q, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> he had a sense of humor. He was fun. Right, right. And from the other tracks, I don't know. You know what the thing is? I think part of Q's appeal is, from a viewer's standpoint, he represents the inner child in all of us, Uh but it's worn on the outside. And Picard represents the mean adult who's never like you You know, I I think that that's really true. I totally agree with you there. But anyway, it was just something I had been thinking about lately, and and I think there are so many reasons why Kirk is such an appealing... Excuse me appealing and enduring character and that's one of the enduring things i think about him and that the things about him that are admirable don't change over time right he everything that he stands for you know the jingoism of the starfleet aside but him as a person the things that he he holds most dear and represents those things don't change okay so as long as we're talking about kirk as a character Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, the hot topic among Trekkies right now is the J.J. Abrams flip. And what is it going to be? Wait, 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 wait. Let me finish my thought. Okay. Um, Sorry, it just makes me cringe thinking about it. I know. But since you've three times said charm and hotness aside, I've set them aside. <laughs> and I'm really trying to approach this from a dramatic standpoint. Okay. This is this is good territory for us, putting charm and hotness aside. I know. This is new territory. <laughs> we're, we're breaking fresh ground here. Um <laughs> now I totally forgot what I was going to say. Okay, so if they are going to have Kirk and Spock in this, hopefully not in an Academy movie, uh-huh. but something, if they're going to have Kirk in this, first of all, I wish they would cast someone who is not well-known mm-hmm. because I think we have a much better chance of having them become the character. Mm-hmm. From an audience standpoint, mm-hmm. I'm not saying a well-known actor can't play it, but it's just harder to not go, and now what is Matt Damon doing right. or whoever they cast? Exactly. But if they do want to cast a name... And if they do want to really say, we recognize that Star Trek is a classic drama and that these are core characters Mm -hmm. and therefore subject to other interpretations that could be equally valid, equally interesting, just like, you know, you you see the great plays done over and Mm -hmm. over Mm -hmm. again. Okay. I don't know how it would actually come out, but I guarantee you it would be an interesting interpretation. Mm-hmm. Johnny Depp. Oh, oh my goodness. Because he's got the charm. That's true. And he's certainly got the acting chops. I I'm not sure about the hotness, <laughs> but I bet he could dredge it up. I think so. I think so. Wow, that would be so interesting. That would almost be like Mitchell playing Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> don't you think? Okay, speaking of Mitchell, <laughs> those boneheads on Trek BBS had a poll. Oh, I saw that. Of 
if they did it, if they do an Academy movie of the the people from Kirk's early uh-huh. life, Academy era life, who would you most like to see in it? Mitchell wasn't even on the list. That's so lame. And Mitchell is one of the few people who were on that list who were actually in an episode, not just mentioned, and were a major feature in the episode. Were the episode oh, yeah. almost total, total, lame. <sighs> totally lame. But uh, but I mean, really, I mean, Johnny Depp is the kind of guy who actually is more of a Mitchell type, you know, sort of morally ambiguous. But he could do it. I think he could pull it off. I think he could, and it would be something very different for him. It would be. Wow, that would be so interesting. And I would especially like it if it was um, not directed by the guy Johnny Depp always works with whose movies I don't like, (laughs) Um, who did, like, The Headless Horseman and... What oh, Tim Burton? Thank you. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. really care for his films. I mean, he's done a few things mm-hmm. I like, but um, that could, I that think it would be, be interesting. very interesting. Because you know what it would be like? Because I always got this feeling of, from Kirk. You know, he was in many ways a straight arrow, you know, morally straight mm-hmm. and upright and strong and everything. But he was always sort of flying under the radar of Starfleet. Yes. And that he did have this this independent streak mm-hmm. to him, but also a rebellious streak and kind of a mischievous streak. And I think if you put Johnny Depp <laughs> in this role and tell him this is how you've got to play it, we would see all of that coming through because he's Johnny Depp. Yep, yep. That would be really, really interesting. That would be interesting. So that would be my vote more than anybody else we've discussed. I think that's a great idea. I would never have thought of that. That's great. That's so funny what you were just saying about you know, the way Shakespeare gets performed now and everybody puts their interpretations on it, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if that could happen with Star Trek over time. Well, I don't know if we'd approach the level of Shakespeare and still be done 300, 400 years from now, but, you know, we've had several James Bond yeah. on screen. There have been a couple of different people played Sam Spade. Mm-hmm. And there are there are numerous instances of that not just remakes of the same film no no but you actual know, interpretations and yeah, yeah and uh, you know different stories involving the same characters mm-hmm. that would be really interesting yeah that would be cool ha! so what a good idea good. so something for you all to think about and the next time you hear our voices we will be in Sacramento at the con probably drunk probably drunk and uh Having our 50th episode. So exciting. And we have a few little things, little surprisey things for the 50th episode. Okay. That'd be fun. Uh, Yeah, so anything else we need to do? I think we've covered a lot. We have. I'm really glad we got to talk about the whole fanfic thing. That was good. So um, if you are going to Sacramento, please drop us an email and let us know, and we can try to arrange to meet if you don't see us wandering around. Uh, in our look at his bed t-shirts harassing people and potentially getting thrown out by the Klingon security guard. We've got our kiwi. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be really fun. Really looking forward to it. Yeah. Okay, so uh we'll see you in Sacramento and if we don't see you, you will hear all about it. Bye. <laughs>